Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I am Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Uh, we have a lot to talk about in every single sport. How great does that feel? How great does it feel to say hockey is back? The NBA is back. Baseball, we're already uh, like mid-season, right? I, I mean, that's, that's really what it feels like after just a couple of games. Since every game counts as 2.7 games. And I have college football massive news. Also, a lot of big-time NFL news. You fantasy guys, you guys want to pay attention. I'm also going to give you a lot of betting insight in the next couple of minutes here. Facebook and Twitter, it's SportsGarden, G-A-R-T-E, and 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E, and iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. That's where you can hear us. So, yeah, look, we have a lot to, d- to deal with. The NFL opt-outs is where I want to start. And I know we're in the middle of Tom, we're in the middle of the NBA and hockey's coming and yeah, you know, Major League Baseball. We'll get into that. But the NFL opt-outs are something to pay attention to. We often talk about futures plays, and futures plays are very fluid. My advice for futures plays has always been you either get in very early or you get in very late. Meaning make those early quick bets that you, you'd go, you know what, I'm taking a shot because there's really good number up there. There's a really good value up there. There's something I like. Or wait and wait and wait. Wait out training camp injuries. Wait, wait out jobs. Wait out whatever possibilities may come. This year is a little bit different because we have the coronavirus, the COVID, the problems with that. And we've started to see the backslide. The NFL is pretty isolated. Major League Baseball they had to get out onto the field and play. The NBA had to create a bubble. The NHL had to choose what country to even play in. The NFL, they had to cancel a draft. And they actually did a draft online that they got rave reviews for, right? So they've really been pretty isolated from the problem until this week. And this week, players started opting out. Guys, we're not talking about maybe star players, but we're talking about pretty good players. And you can argue in a lot of ways, some star players. There has been a litany of players opting out. So where it stands right now, DeAnthony Thomas, Andre Smith, Star Luatea, that that's a big one, by the way. Defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. Jordan Mack from the Panthers. Eddie Goldman, that's a, I'm a Bears fan. Eddie Goldman, that takes a hit right there. Defensive tackle there. Drew Forbes, Drake Dorback, Maurice Candy, Stefan Guidry, Kyle Pecco, yeah, that's another big one for three defensive backs that are probably the big ones. John Atkins, another def- uh, defensive tackle, I should say. Devin Funches, yeah, Devin Funches is going to be a big guy. For you fantasy fans, you know, maybe he was looking at your third receiver or backup. Uh, that's somebody to watch out for. But the big name here, the big name is Damian Williams. Yeah, the Super Bowl champion, Damian Williams, is opting out. Out of the season, general manager Brett Veach said he supports Williams' decision. This is big from a betting standpoint, but it's massive for a fantasy standpoint. And we try to talk to you guys about fantasy because a lot of you, wink, wink, nod, nod, make a little bit of bucks on fantasy, right? Besides just the daily, so it's something to talk about. They went out and they drafted, did the Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was getting some love. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was getting some interest 
early on because you're in a Chiefs offense, you're in an Andy Reid offense. Every running back seems to succeed there. All of a sudden, the question is now, how much playing time will he get? Well, we're not sure. Maybe they'll work him in. Maybe he'll be pass-catching back because he is a three-down back for sure. Maybe he's worth a flyer. Maybe you could grab him as your first backup. Maybe maybe he's got some flexibility. All of a sudden, Damian Williams goes down. This is a viable first-round pick. I, I think he's more of a second, okay? But he's a viable first-round pick. If you really want to take that shot... Guys, that's pretty big. How about Giants offensive tackle Nate Solder? This is pretty huge, too. Big-time free agents a couple of years ago. This is a guy that was going to secure the line. Daniel Jones, protect him, run for Saquon. Now, look, I'm not getting down on any of these guys for opting out. You do what you have to do to opt out. Uh, Nate Solder is a cancer survivor. His son is battling cancer. Well, I understand why he opts out. Now, the Giants, though, they have a decision to make because they drafted first-round draft pick Andrew Thomas. Is he going to fill in that spot? Are they going to move him over? I'm not sure. Remember, Daniel Jones was under pressure 42% of his dropbacks last season. That was second most in the NFL. So with Nate Solder there, Daniel Jones was rushed the second most pressured, the second most in the NFL. The rushers were coming out of his face. All right? He was not a good, not a bad one. Pro Football Focus ranks him 46 out of 98 qualifiers. Now you throw a rookie in there. You could hope all you want that the rookie gets better and learns quick. The reality is it's probably going to take some time. I am not high on the Giants to begin the year, but I thought maybe they could push for 500. If everything broke right, maybe they get a wild card in this extended situation. Guys, you can't you can't go anywhere near them now. You just can't go anywhere near them. How about the Patriots? The New England Patriots have now had six players opt out, including a team leader in Patrick Chung, Deontay Hightower, a defense that was phenomenal last year, basically loses two starters. I don't care who you are. That's a tough one to get over. So the New England Patriots, while we all stare at Tom Brady, now we all look at Tom Brady and what Tom Brady's done. They've lost starter upon starter. Shelton's gone. They've lost, depending on how, what scheme you're playing, if it's a nickel or a dime, they've lost anywhere between four and five defensive starters. I'll say four to, to be even. Hey, you lose four defensive starters and Tom Brady and Gronk? Look, I'm always high on Coach Bill. But what what is he doing here? As a matter of fact, Frank Galliano had a pretty funny skit uh, that he put out on Twitter. And basically, Belichick is tanking the season, quote-unquote. He's got Trevor Lawrence behind him. I mean, that is the feeling of people right now because of where we are with the situation at hand. I am not going near the New England Patriots this year. And I told you guys this weeks ago, I said, I just think that there will be a drop-off. I'm not sure that they drop so far off that Buffalo overtakes them, but even money bet right now is where we're looking. Buffalo might even be getting a, a plus 120 back, depending on the book that you're looking at. It's starting to look more enticing, isn't it? I like what Buffalo's done. It's starting to look more enticing. I, I've told you I think New England goes 9-7, and seven, but these opt-outs are making me think this could be a 500 year. And I don't mean to doubt Coach Bill. He's probably going to... Prove me wrong, right? Hoodie proves Tom Barton wrong. Headline. Sure. I'm sure he will. He's proven people wrong his entire career. But in this spot, where there's smoke, there's fire. 
as good as you are, you can't. I was already worried about how much of a step back the defense could take. But I said they were so good last year. If they were a top three defense on paper, they lose these guys. Where do they go? Five, six. Okay, that's fine. Now you lose Hightower. Now you lose Chung. Now you lose four other players. And that's where we are now. Where do you think we're going to be in mid-August or late August? Will there be more opt-outs? Will there be more injuries? I worry about the New England Patriots. Let's stay in the division. How about the Miami Dolphins? Tua is healthy. And once we knew Tua was healthy and he passed his physical, he's going to be able to practice without limitations, we knew he would have a run at Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it was announced. Brian Flores, their head coach, came out and said there will be an open quarterback this summer. Competition for the quarterback position. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a Harvard alumni, right? We all know that. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a real easy guy to root for. He's got the beard. He's got, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay? I would go out there and get a Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey because I like the way he plays the game. But you know who your future is. You know your future is Tua. And if he's ready to go, it's going to be very hard to not put him in there, guys. Very, very difficult. It's going to be a hard situation to explain to the fans, to explain to the team, this guy has outperformed Fitzpatrick. He is ready to go. Just We're going to sit him down just because he's young or just because he might get injured or just because he... No, 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 no. They're going to watch with their own two eyes. And I think this, I think the world of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Tua is a better player. He's a better athlete. He's more uh, just explosive He's got that it factor. I don't know if he's going to be able to walk in and take over the team, but he's going to give that given that opportunity. We talked about the odds on this. And the odds on this have been fluently moving. First it was Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be the starter, minus 150. Then it was minus 130. He's still the favorite, and he should be the favorite. But Tua is creeping up. And congrats to everybody that wrote me on Twitter and wrote me, Tom, I'm taking Tua to start the first game at plus 140 or plus 150 or whatever number you guys got. Congrats to you because this number in a couple of weeks might be even money. And we may even see it where Tua flips the number. And you can make money always, but it's the value. I think we've lost value on Tua starting with this kind of news and these kind of rave reviews. Speaking of the Dolphins, last piece of information here. The Dolphins place cornerback... Zavin Howard on the active PUP list. All right, look, it's very rare that we start a show and start talking about cornerbacks in the Miami Dolphins. But I told you I really did think that the Miami Dolphins were going to have a better year this year. Vegas puts out a number at 6.5. That's the win total, 6.5 over and under for the Miami Dolphins. With or without Tua, that number 6.5. Now, I didn't expect Tua to start game one, and I certainly expected Zayvon Howard. Howard is an elite cornerback, an elite cornerback. They just did the NFL top 100, and you know Gilmore was in the top 10. Meanwhile, Trey White was like at 47. They had basically the same. It's hard to equate how much a cornerback brings. This guy is in the top 10, maybe top five. He is a shutdown corner. He's not going to be in there week one. It doesn't look like he's going to be in there week one, and he may miss up to the first six weeks. You're telling me now, and while I do like Tua and his talent, you're now telling me a team with a number at six and a half wins is going to be losing their best defensive player. I think I could fairly say Howard is their best defensive player. And they're going to be starting a rookie quarterback, potentially. Potentially, both of those things happen. 
Under six and a half is all of a sudden starting to look like a play. Meanwhile, a couple of months ago, I told you I kind of like the over the six and a half. I like the over the six and a half at the number that it was set at. There are some books out there, and guys have sent me their tickets with a seven line. You know, this is the time to start questioning that seven line. Okay, that is a, a serious worry when we are talking about the NFL, where we stand now. My advice to sports bettors right now is unless you're sure of something, sit on your hands. I know during the, the preseason in any sport, you're so excited, especially during a corona era, right? We're dying. Oh, my goodness, we need sports. That doesn't mean to run to the sports book and make a bet right now. I expect a lot more opt-outs. I think that this is going to be the reoccurring theme for the next five weeks on the show to go, okay, let's uh, give a rundown of who else is opting out. Who else is going to sit back and opt out? It's a dangerous game that you're playing as a sports better if you're going out there and hoping that you know what guy might or might not opt out. The Damian Williams thing, look, they're the Super Bowl champions. They can get over it. And they did just draft a backup there. The Giants, well, you know, the Giants did draft the backup as well. They both got relatively lucky. But there are players out there that for one reason or another, whether it be a really good reason, like a Nate Solder, or maybe it's just a personal reason, or maybe it's a financial reason. There are guys out there that'll go, you know what? I'm not putting my body through this. I'll take a year off and I'll come back. There are guys out there that are going to opt out that are going to shock us. And it's going to move lines. And it's going to move lines quickly. And you got to be able to adjust on the fly when you're listening to these conversations being had. In Major League Baseball, every single night, we don't know who's going to opt out. We, we heard about Juan Soto, who passed a test earlier in the morning, failed it in the afternoon, has passed every test for COVID since, he's going to be welcome back to the team. But at noon that day, at 7 o'clock, first pitch, Juan Soto was in the lineup. A couple of minutes later, he was out. The NBA is going to be sort of the same way, although I think we're going to get the NBA numbers a little bit quicker. By the way, the NBA announced this week that there have not been any new positive tests. That's fantastic. Zero. This is the second week of zero positive tests. The NHL, they announced zero positive tests. So I think the NHL and NBA are in a better position. They are in basically a bubble. They are in a spot where they're going to test it very quickly. But I think we're going to know. Look, they're not playing every single day, right, the way that that these are, that Major League Baseball plays. But with the NFL, watch the opt-outs. Watch the opt-outs coming. There is no sport that is as grueling to your body as the NFL. None. And if a guy maybe just doesn't feel it or he's a little bit concerned or whatever the mindset might be, he will absolutely opt out. So it's something to watch. I think we have seen our first big name. While the Nate Solders and all that, that might not make a lot of attention. You know, I would have mentioned the New England stuff, but Damian Williams needs to be mentioned. Needs to be mentioned. Guys are drafting your fantasy team soon. I think if you're a Kansas City backer and they are such a big favorite, you got to take that into account. This uh, this is just stuff that we have to live with in the new way that we're living life and guys, you got to be able to to transition, move and be on the fly. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. We'll come on back with more wagering week right after this. Now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton 
I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get to gamble before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? Oh, boy. Well, we're talking a little NFL. And I just mentioned Damian Williams, right? Damian Williams opting out. Clyde Edwards, Hellaire. Well, his rookie of the year numbers are moving. Oh, yeah, they are. He was plus 600 and a decent value considering the offense he was in. All he needed was an opportunity. His plus 6 to 1 odds have now moved down to 350 in some spots. I know Fox Sports Bet had him at 450 for a little while, so you got to shop around. There are some 400s out there, but it's moved all the way down to 350. And as the news is leaking out, he is now starting to become the favorite. So from six to one odds down to three and a half to one and potentially continuing to fall, Clyde Edwards Hellaire Rookie of the Year odds, they are removing. That is what are the odds. All right, I want to get into the college football aspect here because the just absolutely enormous news that has come down for the ACC. The news, if you haven't heard, Notre Dame has officially joined the ACC conference for this year. And you can say, well, Notre Dame plays an ACC schedule and they play in basketball. No, no, no. This is Notre Dame football. Moving to the ACC, which means they're also going to be eligible to win the ACC conference. All of a sudden, Clemson, anybody, this has ripple effect. First of all, your Notre Dame futures bet is, is clearly clearly a ripple effect okay clemson all of a sudden doesn't have a cakewalk to get there teams like florida state teams like louisville guys that eh, maybe they could be the one to knock off clemson all of a sudden you have a second big team there and we sort of knew this was going to happen now, i know there are sports talk hosts that are <laughs> well documented to say notre dame will never leave. There's too much money. I get it. But in this world, for this year, the situation we're in, you had to know Notre Dame was going to have to cling to someone because you can't go against their restrictions. You know, Big 12, Pac-12, uh, Big 10, they all have restrictions that you can't leave the conference and play. And that's what the NCAA is leaning towards. Nobody could play outside a conference. So Notre Dame, who's not in a conference, has to. They just had to latch onto a conference. And the ACC makes the most sense. Where do you look for ACC and what is going on? Okay, all ACC teams are going to basically play Notre Dame in one way or the other. Notre Dame schedules like this, and let's let's take a shot at talking about some lines, okay? Notre Dame schedules like this. Their home games, Syracuse, they will be the favorite. Probably the favorite by more than a touchdown. Louisville. At home, in South Bend, they're the favorites, guys. As good as Louisville might be this year, they are the favorites. And they'll be a favorite by, is it wrong to say, by six? Six and a half? No, I think so. Florida State going to South Bend. Florida State has a name recognition. Unproven coach. They're down right now. Florida State's had a couple of losing seasons where they haven't looked good. They are a touchdown underdog, in my mind, against Notre Dame. Duke, at least a touchdown underdog going to South Bend. And then Clemson. We'll come back to that. Their away games, Boston College, Notre Dame. Oh, that's a that's a good game. Boston College, Notre Dame, they are the favorite on the road. Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, they are the favorites on the road. UNC, Notre Dame, they are the favorites on the road. And UNC is going to be a good team this year. Pitt, Notre Dame, they are the favorites on the road. And Wake Forest, they are the favorites on the road. 
So I look at Notre Dame's schedule right now in the new ACC format and the way that they're going to play. They will be favorites in all but one game. Now, I think Louisville has a chance to potentially knock them off. Florida State certainly has the talent to do so. UNC is going to have a better team than we think this year. I I think a lot of people are overlooking UNC. That's fine. But Notre Dame, because of the public, usually get more money. Their lines are usually inflated. Notre Dame is going to be the favorites in most of these games, except for Clemson. But here's where it gets tricky. And this is where all of a sudden the Trevor Lawrence Heisman tickets are in jeopardy. The Clemson, who is the favorite to win the championship, their tickets are a little bit shaky today because all of a sudden Clemson has to go in conference on the road to the South Bend. Now, Notre Dame's not going to be the favorite there. Okay, they're not going to be the favorites over Clemson. But that's going to be a pretty close line. That's going to be a close line. By the way, all TV games in Notre Dame are going to be split. All that TV revenue is going to be split between the 15 schools. So that's pretty cool. Let's talk more ACC because this is an ACC shakeup. The ACC will also pick a non-conference opponent and the game must be played in the home state of ACC team. So with all the restriction going on, basically they all have to pick a team from their state to play. So it gets interesting. Florida State, okay, Florida State's going to pick Florida. Right? I mean, that we know. The game was supposed to be played in Tallahassee anyway. All right, there you go. And the state legislator uh, requires them to play. I mean, it, it really does. This is this is Florida, guys. Okay, so Florida State's going to play Florida. That leaves Miami looking for an opponent. They get to kind of choose whoever because they're going to come to Miami. Is it going to be UCF? Oh, that's a good game. FIU, FAU. If Miami chooses UCF, Miami puts themselves behind the eight ball right there, right? I mean, that's a tough game. That's tough. Here are some games that will not take place. This is according to Brett McMurphy. Florida State, Boise State, that's gone. We know that. Virginia, Georgia, that's gone. Big game. Florida State, Boise is a pretty decent game. Virginia, Georgia is a good game. UNC, Auburn, huh. That could have been a really good game. That's gone. Florida State, West Virginia, all gone. That was all supposed to be played in Atlanta. They're all gone. How about more? Boston College, Kansas, Wake Forest, Old Dominion, Pitt, Marshall, VTech, Middle Tennessee, UNC, UCF is a really good game that I was looking forward to. And then, of course, the classic Notre Dame Navy. It's not going to be played this year. So the ACC's got some some rough ones here. This is It's got some rough things going on. I have some... Odds to win the ACC, though. Okay. Clemson was 6-1 to one odds before this Notre Dame shakeup. I've seen them go down to 4-1 to one since right before this, and now they're holding steady at 6 or 7-1. to one. Miami and UNC before this were 12-1. to one. I now see them as high as 14-1. to one. Florida State, Louisville, Virginia Tech, 25-1 to one to win the ACC. I've seen them go down to about 26-27. Pitt, 60-1. to one. They're pretty remaining there. NC State and Virginia are remaining at 80-1. to one. Duke, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, all at 200-1. to one. Basically the same. And BC, Syracuse, 300-1. to one. So the question is, Tom, wait a minute. Tom, what's Notre Dame? <laughs> well, let me tell you, the Notre Dame odds are quite interesting. I've seen them on a couple of different sides 
and I, I know that the momentum for Notre Dame is always going to be pretty high. They're not close to Clemson. But I was surprised to see that they were just a tad above Miami and UNC. I'm looking at Notre Dame at about 10 to 1 odds to win the ACC. I think they're tremendous odds. Basically, what you're doing is you're getting 10 to 1 odds uh, against that Clemson in, in that Clemson game. Think about it like this. Odds to make the playoffs are 7 to 1 for Notre Dame. The odds to make the playoffs for Notre Dame are 7 to 1. And the odds to win the ACC are worse than that. So... It goes to show you, you got to find your odds. You got to kind of go out there and search for what you guys want to do and where you can make a little bit of money. But there is certainly money to be made. That is what we're looking at for the future. Now, do I believe that Notre Dame is going to continue being in the ACC? I don't think they can with a TV contract. I don't. I think they're being very gracious giving all the TV money to the 15 teams. But I don't think they had a choice, right? Weren't they kind of put into a corner? And it's great. They'll probably play a lot of these ACC games for the rep. But I can't see Notre Dame just committing to them long term. I don't think in five years, ten years, we're going to see Notre Dame in the ACC. I could be wrong. I kind of hope that I'm wrong. I like conferences. I don't like these independents. But I understand it from a financial standpoint why that might not happen. That's looking to the future now we are going to bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet, bet to, to the, the future. future. All right, bet to the future. Let's talk about a little baseball now. This came out from Dave Sharapin. The team with the most World Series tickets right now are the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I think you, you might have lost a bet or two if you thought about the White Sox were the biggest ticket window. Well, they started out at 20 to 1 odds to win the World Series. They've moved down to 18 to 1 in most situations. The White Sox are bashing the ball. People are very excited about their young guys, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Roberts, Luis uh, Giolotto. I get where people are taking a stab, and Chicago drives this. Remember, the Bears had a lot of tickets. Mitch Trubinsky to win the NFL MVP had a lot of tickets, okay? So, it gives you an idea. When we talk, and when we're talking about betting to the future, I want to explain things to you. When we discuss in the sports betting world value, and you have to kind of perceive value, you have to kind of watch the situation, watch where people are going, watch the money. And I just mentioned, you know, well, this team is Notre Dame is a, a team that you bet on. The public bets on, so their number is going to be a little bit higher. If they're supposed to be a seven and a half point favorite, they might be an eight and a half point favorite just because the numbers are coming in. It's also the same thing with the New York Yankees. Most people are going to bet on or against the Yankees, but they're not going to, they'll root against the Yankees, but they're probably going to put their money on the Yankees. The Lakers have the same effect. Duke has the same effect. There are a few teams out there in every sport that just sort of gets the push. And we know it. As sports bettors, we know. Yankees, Lakers, Duke, yeah, they're all going to be a little overinflated. Dallas Cowboys, overinflated. There will be overinflated lines with these teams. Those are the big four. I think we now have to start watching the Midwest. I think we now have to start watching the Chicago teams. One time is fun. Twice, you got to pay attention. Now this is a trend. The Chicago Blackhawks, to win the Stanley Cup championship, got a ridiculous amount of bets. A ridiculous amount of bets for where they really should have wound up. The Chicago Bears last year had more bets to win the Super Bowl than any team. Mitch Trubinsky's MVP odds were ridiculous. 
And all of a sudden, you think that the Cubs would be the team. You would think that, but the White Sox are now the team. I think we really do have to start taking a look as a collective sports betting community and looking at the Chicago area and the ticket count that's going to come from that area as driving the line and be very cautious of it. All right, let's stick to a little bit of baseball. A couple of my thoughts from the early part of the season on a betting aspect that I think we need to discuss. First of all, and we cannot even sort of breeze by this, let's talk about the Marlins situation, okay? They got a lot of guys infected. More than half the team was infected. Uh, everybody wants to blame Mattingly. Look, Dom Hang's a manager. He's a baseball manager. He's a baseball lifer. Derek Jeter, he's a baseball guy. Well, they're supposed to... Look, they're not doctors, okay? I'm not telling you that they did the right thing, but I'm done looking at the negative thing, all right? I don't like what Manfred did. Manfred should have came out and said, look, guys got... Guys got sick. We have protocols in place and everything's going to be okay. He seemed wholly unprepared for this. Wholly unprepared. Okay? The Marlins situation is a bad situation. But I have to bring it back to a positive vibe. And I'm going to tell you this. There is certainly a positive vibe here that I don't have to spin too hard. The positive vibe is this. The Miami Marlins played a three-game series with Philadelphia on the field the day that they were sick and every Philadelphia Philly came back with negative tests. I mean, that's encouraging to me. Uh, did, did there need to be stricter protocols? Yeah, of course there did. They had to have stricter protocols. I watch things not being enforced. When you watch, they're not supposed to pick up their bats. They're not supposed to get their get their gloves from anybody else. Why? Because they can't handle. They're supposed to get it on their own. Not no high fives a lot. There's a lot of things that are going on, guys. <laughs> it just wasn't happening. All right. So I get that you're going to now do strict protocols and all that. That's fine. But I'm just trying to look at it from the from the the guy that goes. You know, I think that we're in a good spot. We got some baseball going on, NBA and NHL going on. From a betting perspective. You know, this is going to be pretty rough on the Marlins. The Marlins are going to have to. Same with thing with Philly, and I'm pretty sure the Yankees. But the Marlins are going to have to play a couple doubleheaders here to make it up. You got 60-game season. It's a short season. They're going to have to. The Marlins' bullpen is already one of the thinnest in baseball. You got to watch how their bullpen is used leading up to the doubleheader. And in Game 2 of the doubleheader... Not only betting against the Marlins, which is always pretty good, but you have to make sure that you watch the line there. It's probably going to be enormous no matter who they play. Game two of a doubleheader after the Marlins' bullpen has been taxed and maybe taxed in game one, that over looks good already. I don't even have a number set. That's how you have to start to train your mind. Same thing with Philly. Now, the Yankees' bullpen we know is very deep. It's great. That's something to pay attention to as well. I don't know if we're going to find any value there. We have to see when the numbers come out, but it's something to keep in mind with all these makeup games and things of that coming down the pipe, which they definitely will come down the pipe. All right. The other thing that I think that is extraordinarily important is this ridiculous, nonsensical, absolutely ludicrous and stupid extra innings rule. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I knew it was going to be bad, but oh boy, is it bad. Oh boy, is this bad. Guy starts on second. I mean, come on. Come on. You know, I watched the Cleveland-Kansas City game. Uh, a game where Mike Clevenger pitched really well against Brady Singer, who pitched really well, and it was 2-2 going into the 10th. 
it was a, a well-played game. Cleveland is the better team, and Cleveland, you could see, was going, going to break through, but the Royals somehow got a guy on and then, you know, moved him over, and then he came in. You can't you can't blame what happened in Cleveland. The guy didn't even give up a hit, and they lost the game 3-2. I knew it was going to happen, but this is ridiculous. It's a terrible rule. I hear the players already complaining about it. It is not baseball. And I can I can bite my hand and deal with it. And I could grind my teeth if I didn't believe that it was going to be just the corona. I don't believe that. I think this is the new Major League Baseball, and I'm sickened by it. Absolutely disgusted and sickened by it. Horrible, horrible situation. Let's talk about more things you got to pay attention to. All these extra players are now coming into games where they're kind of making their debut. Against the Dodgers, the Astros debuted three players against the Dodgers in a, in a game where it was a pretty important game. Blowouts are all of a sudden now being taken place by guys that shouldn't be in Major League Baseball. So the overs late are starting to get really interesting because the bullpens are bad, and now they have guys on the team. Most of these clubs have three relievers that shouldn't be in Major League Baseball on top of usually the three relievers that shouldn't have been there in the first place. Most of the guys that are coming in a... a I don't even want to say a full blowout. In a 7-2 to two game in the sixth inning, they're bringing in a guy that probably shouldn't be in Major League Baseball. And that's leading to a lot of overs. A lot of overs. What we're seeing is that if you like an under and you like a starting pitcher, take that first five. I was very successful this week with a couple of first five unders. I haven't been burned yet. Uh, knock on wood. Okay. I have not been burned yet on a first five under uh, because I'm watching the bullpens. The bullpen play in Major League Baseball is as bad as it's ever been. And I know every year we sort of say that. And every early part of the season we sort of say that because relievers are very fluid. One guy has a great year one year and then he, he loses it. But this year more than ever, pay very close attention to these bullpens because the bullpens are not what they should be. They have guys out there that are flat out 100% not major leaguers. And they shouldn't be there. And you might get the occasional guy that comes out of nowhere and you go, oh, he pitched well. More times than not, though, it's going to be a failure by the bullpen. It's going to be a failure by a guy that should be in AAA. And now you have more of them on the team. We also want to touch on the closers being erratic already. Yeah, these closers, oof. Maybe it takes a little while for them to get up the snuff, but I have not liked what I've seen from established closers. Craig Kimball looks terrible, right? He, he looked absolutely horrid. Kirby Yates, well, Drew Pomeranz actually got the save this week. Kirby Yates was a guy that you go, yeah, he's maybe the best closer in the league. He's looked bad. Edwin Diaz, well, uh, what else is new? The sun rose today, too, and Edwin Diaz looks bad. I mean, there are bad closers out there, but it goes to show now you have young guys that shouldn't be in Major League Baseball. Relievers are not up to snuff. Closers are not participating in their games. And if you are a smart better, in-game betting and in-game overs are becoming an absolute moneymaker. This is when we can really take advantage. Really, 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 really take advantage. I just mentioned to you, every game is 2.7 games or so. 
Okay, so every reliever appearance that is coming out there, if they're coming out there for an inning, well, it's not taxed on their arm, but it certainly hurts their confidence. You look, I don't care who you are, you look up at an ERA and you see a six, it's going to hurt you. It's going to feel you. I had one bad outing. No, 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 that's not how professional athletes think. They see the six and they go, oof. Yeah, that's an ugly number. So pay attention to that. The last thing I want to say, in a 60-game season, when starters are making about 10 starts, maybe 11 starts on the year, the Cy Young can be lost in one start. I think it's fair to say that Charlie Morton lost the Cy Young this week. I think it's fair to say that Shohei Otani, who failed to record an out, lost the Cy Young this week. You might be able to go as far as to say Clayton Kershaw lost the Cy Young and he didn't pitch this week because he didn't pitch. So, guys, this season has to be looked at like this. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Mike Trout, who's having the worst stretch that I've ever seen in his career. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Cody Bellinger, who's yet to really come around. Christian Yelich, I think they're the three best players in baseball. They'll come around. They'll be fine. But as far as a pitcher goes, you have a very limited amount of time. And a lot of these guys sort of already lost it. Jose Barrios, yeah, he got beat up too. A lot of these pitchers got beat up early. It's one start. You can recover. Max Scherzer got beat up a little bit. Yeah, hey, it's one start. You can recover. Used to be the old mantra. Not now. You can't do that now. So we're looking at jumping into the season. Some starters are struggling. The bullpens are struggling massively. I am looking at overs, and I am absolutely focused on in-game wagering with overs. Pay attention to the bullpens. Pay attention to the setup. See how many guys are out there, and pay attention to should these guys be in major leagues? Should they even be on a major league roster? And chances are most of them are no. I mean, even the Yankees are throwing out guys that shouldn't be on a major league roster. So the overs are something I'm certainly paying attention to, and I think you guys should too. All right, guys. Next time we talk... We're going to be talking about hockey playoffs. Next time we talk, we're going to be looking at the NBA playoffs. Next time we talk, it's going to be basically like past the All-Star game (laughs) in Major League Baseball. Next time we're talking, we're going to have a lot of fun because we're talking actual full-on sports. I hope everybody takes my advice this week, goes and makes a lot of money. I will tell you. I am already jazzed up for seasons that have not begun, and I'm already in the positive. I hope you guys are too. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be a part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARDEN. That's 1-855-442-7836. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com.